Well, believe it or not, this podcast still exists on the other side of a Resurrection Sunday. It still exists like a phoenix rising from the ashes. Yes, even like... Well, not really, but like a resurrection. This is Pastoring <laughs> Out Loud, a podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Church. Yep. Here we in are. South Camp, South Minnesota. A podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Church, deliberately chose church, not campus, in Lakeville, Minnesota. Are you interested in learning more about our church? Go to Bethlehem.church forward slash south. What do you mean deliberately? Deliberately? You, yeah. Oh, I just mean like a church isn't a church if it doesn't assemble. So we assemble regularly. So I think it's a church. Good. Is that all right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody who's ever listened to me over the last 11 years slash ever listened to this podcast before and heard me talk about the church. Right. So there, there you go. Dave, we didn't talk last week. No, nope. we didn't do a podcast last week. It was Holy Week. Yes. So schedules were full. Yeah. The yep. week was full. It was a sweet weekend. Uh, I love Good Friday service. Just talked about it as a staff and just thought it was a, just a sweet, worshipful sobriety to yeah. Friday night. And then, uh, like I said at the end of Good Friday service, decidedly different vibe on Sunday morning, yeah. Resurrection Sunday. Yep. And both were sweet. Both were. I, I, I said in the staff meeting, too, uh, our family, at least Kelly and I and then our kids to a lesser degree, really did follow the the Lent guide. And that was the first time we've probably been this intentional with it, kind of week by week, yeah. fasting, praying, devotionals, and then, you know, the, the devotionals during the week. And so my heart felt more ready and eager to dive into Good Friday and Easter Sunday than I think I ever had before. So it was just a really, really sweet weekend. Yeah. Praise God, man. It was sweet for us too. The Good Friday service, Tenebra, Service of Darkness is always a highlight every year. Just the sobriety and then the the ending and the silence and the anticipation of Resurrection Sunday. That's right. And entering into, uh, as the church has for a long time, just entering into the embodiment of a silent Saturday. Where, That's right. Where the Lord uh, rested. You know, on the seventh day, the Lord rested. There might be some there, deep theology-wise. Huh. huh. Um, Dave, um, how are we doing at South Campus with registrations and assigned seating and stuff like that? Is that going to change as Governor Walls is maybe some things are opening back up and other stuff like that? Like any, any foreseeable change in the future or we're going to keep doing what we're doing for at least right now? We're going to keep doing what we're doing for at least right now. We just uh, just talked about it as a staff again. And it seems seems like the overall feel of the staff is to keep doing it uh, like we're doing it right now. You know, the the capacity limits that go away don't actually give us any more freedom because social distancing, distancing is still a factor. And so... Like the six feet. The six yeah. feet, yep. And so actually assigning seats right now gives us the best shot to get as many people into one service as possible. I mean, if you're listening to this, just so you know... Even if you don't register, you, you forget, or you have, you know, have a friend that forgets, still show up on Sunday. We have never yet had to turn anyone away or not found a seat for them. So please don't let that uh, keep you from coming. We would love to see you even if you didn't register. Or you can email us if you realize on Thursday you forgot or whatever. So uh, we're going to keep it the same for now. And we're just going to keep 
we'll just keep reevaluating what's best and make those wisdom calls as we get more information. So that's where we're at right now. None of us like it. Uh, we're all eager for it to be done. There's lots of opinions out there. I know. Thank you for your emails. I love you. And uh, we're doing the best we can right now in less than ideal circumstances. Yeah. I mean, it's our hope that God willing in the summer, um, you know, we're doing this August 22nd, 150th anniversary celebration uh, in Eden Prairie at a large venue at Grace Church. Man, we are hoping yeah. uh, and praying, uh, you know, no social distancing, no masks, Yep. Um, hopefully uh, here in the summer. So, and we're uh, talking about plans and how exactly to do that and, and what to do. So we've definitely got some benchmarks and some moments throughout the next, you know, months where we're deliberately reevaluating along the way. So, yep. God willing, you'll hear more. Hey, Dave, are we here to talk about reopening? We are not. Maybe one more note on that, oh, though, sure. Go is that we, uh, we do realize that people just miss the fellowship. And so this summer, our, con- our Wednesday connections are largely going to be fellowship. Let's, let's get together. Let's hang out outside where there's less restrictions, where we can mingle and spend time together. Um, so a lot less focused uh teaching you know like service type stuff and a lot more let's get together and just care for each other check in on each other eat together play together hang out bonfire on the back 40 i think that's actually a thing that might happen yeah and maybe a smaller fire but still sizable on the front 40 yeah so uh stay tuned we've got uh got high hopes Dave, today we're talking about, what are we talking about, Dave? What is the actual title for it? Because the title that I suggested, you didn't like. Well. I, I said, let's talk about. You would set me up that way. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would set you up. Uh, on family worship. Yeah. And and just talk to me about the phrase family worship. What do you, it, what do it, you think about that? Yeah, I don't like it. Do you, but, well, is that because it means, you yeah. know. Uh, you know, worshiping your family and therefore don't worship your family. And that's just a biblical imperative. Only no, worship the Lord your God. Honestly, that what that means? Yeah, honestly, for me, it's just a kind of preference that maybe I have a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth about. So there was that, it was kind of a catchphrase for a while in certain circles. And it, it wasn't, it kind of represented this certain thing that had to happen in this certain way. Uh, you know, to be a faithful Christian family or something. That's probably saying it too strongly, but that's just the vibe I got. And so what I said to you is, uh, isn't all of life worship? (laughs) 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 Isn't all of life discipleship or, you know, but but I think what we're trying to talk about is just how are are there regular rhythms throughout the week, day by day, that help us uh, disciple our families as moms and dads? Yeah, no, that's a good way of saying it. So it's it's really about... Uh, discipling your kids, yeah. Discipling in that regard. Yep. So, how do I think about um, this? Is an interesting conversation to have as two pastors, yeah. Who you know, our job set aside by the congregation largely involves discipleship. Although for you, Dave, at times your your job uh, sometimes involves bigger, broader, less disciply kinds of things. In these days, uh, mine's perhaps a little more uh, targeted here at at uh, my particular jurisdiction. That being said, you know, we are regularly doing discipleship and, uh, you know, doing things like that. Uh, and we're getting paid to do it. 
And yet we're also pastors who have children who I think the Bible, you know, Ephesians 6, other places, maybe we'll talk about that in a second, like calls Mm -hmm. parents Mm -hmm. to have a a specific responsibility to um, disciple their kids. Yeah, and uh, we don't get paid to do that, but that's okay. It's just as good. And and I think, uh, you know, the goal would be that we're equipping the saints for the work of ministry, both in their neighborhoods and in their homes and in their families. So, and we don't, neither of us, would say that we do it perfectly or um what one of wait know, dave you there's some that you do that doesn't just turn to gold and is perfect <laughs> there's lots there's lots that i do that doesn't turn to gold all right all right anyways uh i think one, one of the things i found helpful though um especially as a pastor is I, i've often had it, it tends to be like a a young dad or maybe a dad who's maybe become a new believer even if it's a little bit later in life and they you know they'll come and they'll say you know what what is your what is your family discipleship look like and and i realize a few minutes into the conversations that they have this kind of grand idea of almost a uh, almost a, like a sunday morning at home uh, every day you know you know what's the worship set what's the homily you know like just kind of this idea and so maybe maybe one thing that this this podcast could do would be to just free moms and dads up to just do what you can and uh, realize there's always room for growth, there's always room to mix it up, and that there really is an age appropriateness that comes into play uh, as you as you do this. So yeah, 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 mom. So let's talk a little bit more about what we're you know stabbing at exactly here. So. I think Ephesians 6 is yep. a great text to start out. So there's lots in the Old Testament, the Old Testament covenant community, um, whereby there's a generational principle at play. Yep. That fathers and mothers are circumcising their sons, mm-hmm. and as a whole they're being brought, each successive generation, into a, a covenant, mm-hmm. whereas we understand reading Deuteronomy, um, you know, various portions of Deuteronomy, other parts of the Old Testament, that that did not mean that their hearts were transformed. Right. Their hearts had not been transformed, in Mm -hmm. fact. Um, There was a remnant and a rebel majority. Um, And uh, in the New Covenant, we believe, all of them, as uh, Jeremiah, maybe it's the Ezekiel text, all of them, from the least to the greatest, um, will not teach one another, but will say, know the Lord, mm-hmm. um, that, mm-hmm. that uh, we know the Lord together, and that's a promise in the New Covenant. So in light of that reality, you've got like Ephesians chapter 6. Are you mm-hmm. there, Dave? Do you got, are you, have you opened up to it yet? I can. I, was, I went somewhere else, but I can go to oh, Ephesians 6. I, I, I'm, I'm there too. Right. Uh, so under the banner of different relationships in the household, there's yep. a very similar text in Colossians 3. Yep. You get um, Ephesians 6, verse 1 through 4, children... Obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Paul appeals to one of the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. for these Gentile you know, children yep. who are apparently also believers, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the <laughs> land. Mm-hmm. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That is mm-hmm. a huge command. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. Mm-hmm. Children obey. There's a promise attached here, mm-hmm. but fathers, 
bring up your kids in discipline and instruction mm-hmm. of the Lord. Mm-hmm. What was the text you were looking at? Well, just Psalm 145, 4. You oh, know, yeah. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. So just this, you, you, you mentioned the word generation, this generational call to commend the person we love to the next generation, Jesus. So, yeah, Ephesians 6 is a big command. You know, a big, big, big negative command and <laughs> and big positive command, you know. So even before we get to family worship, it's, it's probably worthwhile uh, just to camp out on fathers, don't provoke your children to anger. Yeah. Um, it's half the battle, right, as, yep. as dads and moms who want to, want to love our kids well and not be provoking, not be uh, doing the opposite of what we're called to do. So, Yeah. I mean, Colossians 3, it gives us a little bit more context. Um, you know, fathers, Colossians three twenty one. fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even talk about disciplining or talk about instructing them in the parallel text in Colossians, but specifically says... Don't like put a stumbling block in their way so they get angry and frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's significant that Paul repeats that in both of those household texts. Yeah. Uh, even though the other text is a well, bit fuller. You've probably you've probably had the same experience I have where you you do that. You know, you provoke them. You're too you're too harsh. You're Never too, happens. Too heavy-handed. Everything you do turns to gold. Too harsh, too heavy-handed. <laughs> I promise you it's more like mud. Everything yeah. you do turns to mud. But, you know, it, you, you are too harsh and you're too heavy-handed and you're, or you, you know, what, whatever. There's a bunch of different ways to, to provoke and to discourage. And you see the look in their eyes and you realize it landed and, and stung. And, and then, you know, there's an opportunity for the gospel. You yeah, say, hey, amen. I messed up. God, your, your your heavenly Father will never treat you the way I just did. I love you. Will you forgive me? But it's a it's a command to ponder before we get all heavy handed about the positive side. We're going to do this, 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 and this, and you're yeah. going to come along to just stop and go. Man, I I want to love my kids in such a way that the gospel looks beautiful. Matt Chandler is one of my uh, one of my favorite guys to listen to. You know that. If you could talk about Mark Dever all the time, I'm going to start bringing Matt Chandler into this a little bit more. You know more. what? You can do that as much uh, as you want. I will raise you a Mark Dever for yep. every Matt Chandler you bring. That's great. That's awesome. And he always he had this phrase that stuck with me early on uh, as I was listening to stuff about being a dad. He said, you know, don't be don't be a crusty dad. Don't be a, an, a crusty, crusty. And okay. what he means by that is the kind of dad that's angsty, always on edge, looking for something to be disappointed or frustrated with, unhappy, uh, you know, rules without relationship, that kind of, that kind of dad. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's good. I mean, one of the, one of the early on, um, you know, piece of advice I got in parenting, um, had to do with the relationship of rights and Mm. responsibilities. Mm. So I think sometimes parents think of um, responsibilities and rights interchangeably. I have a responsibility over this child, therefore I have a right mm. to whatever. Pick. Yeah, yeah, take your pick. Uh, my responsibility is very large, so my rights over this child are very large. And I think the best way to say it is actually that um, rights require responsibilities. Yeah, like my child before God is a human made in the image of God. 
has some rights and that implies in me some responsibilities. And I think that's exactly what Paul stabs at yeah, in yeah. the text is like, dads, yep. don't provoke your children to anger. Dads, don't keep being harsh with them. They'll get frustrated. Mm-hmm. And that's as significant mm-hmm. as make sure you're instructing them and disciplining that's them. That's right. Um, because you can build a, you can have lots of instruction and lots of discipline and yep. just build the anger and the frustration right alongside mm-hmm. it um, mm-hmm. in a way that actually critically destroys um, what you're trying to build. Mm-hmm. Talk to me for a minute. You mentioned it, and then we'll we'll expand a little bit with some other questions. Talk to me for a minute um, what it means to repent and mm. to bring up the gospel personally for mm-hmm. you as a dad. So you sin, you yep. do wrong, in the co- you do provoke a child to anger, you do frustrate them needlessly, and what do you do in response, and why is it why is it important to bring up the gospel in that context and bring up your own repentance in that context? Yeah, one thing Kelly and I talk about a lot is that any of our any of our failures are an opportunity to point to the grace of God in the gospel, and any of our faithfulness is an opportunity to point to the grace of God in the gospel. And so, when it comes to failures. Um, I want to repent first of all because I've sinned against God by sinning against my kids, and so I've I've got to get right with Him and turn from my sin, what He's called me to, and turn back to Him. Uh, so first and foremost, I want to repent because I've sinned against a holy God, and it's right for me to turn from that. And by God's grace and the Holy Spirit, He helps us to to do that. And then I also I I, I don't just want to do that though. I want to go to my kids and say. You know, let's say I was harsh. Go to them and say, um, hey, uh, Daddy was harsh before, and I'm sure that hurt you. I'm sure that uh, made you feel like you were small and like you were insignificant. And you're not small, and you're not insignificant in the eyes yeah. of God. And yeah. Daddy was, you know, entitled, trying to get what he wanted, with not doing it the right way, and uh, that was a sin against God and against you, and I'm I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Uh, so, I want him. I want to go vertical and make and and come back into fellowship with my God, uh, and then I want to go horizontal and come back into fellowship with my kids. Um, and obviously, that's you know, a lot of times that's happening all at once in my heart. I'm going, oh man, I blew it. God help me, and yeah. walking down the hall right away. Um, and it's it, it's you know kids are kids are generally quick to forgive, and my kids have even you know one of the sweet fruits it's bore uh, is just you know they'll oftentimes then say they're sorry you know and ask for forgiveness yeah. for their part in the thing yeah. too. So yeah. yeah, and I think you know being open and honest and redirecting about my failures or my faithfulness towards the gospel yeah. leaves open a pathway to look at your kids failures and your yeah. kids faithfulness and then yeah. talk to them about it yeah. in a way that points back to the gospel. That's right. You failed. I fail. Yep. We both need the gospel. Yep. You're faithful. Hopefully I'm faithful in you know, any kind of praise my kids receive that points us back to the gospel yeah. that the, there's good happening in your heart and that's not just yours to earn and to continue in. God's doing stuff. That's right. Every good gift comes from him. Um, that's an important thing. Otherwise, we be we devolve 
into a kind of practical secular yeah. uh, non-Christian kind of parenting where everything's just earned uh, or uh, unearned and we just end up in a cycle of like uh, well you did good I praise you you did bad I don't honor and shame yeah based on achievement yep innocence yep. guilt yep all of those paradigms are the main paradigms that you operate under as a yep. parent um, instead of a relationship that's building yeah. over time and that's not to say and you'd say it too Dave like mm-hmm. uh, I, I think we can talk about this and kind of clinically remove ourselves from it and yeah. just I think we both need to say and you've said it already but mm-hmm. like we fail yeah. we fail in some significant ways I fail as a as a father every day mm-hmm. and there is grace for me to repent in mm-hmm. front of my family mm-hmm. and grace or with individual kids as I've sinned against them and to say um, follow me and repenting and confessing and coming to Jesus. And yeah. even sometimes where it's like, my kid doesn't have anything to apologize for. Yep. And it's just me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. like, that's a pill to swallow. And yet, yep. it's true. So, yep. all right. Uh, wow. <laughs> 21 minutes, Dave. This has been a long topic. <laughs> we might, because we started out the way we did. We might have to follow it up. Maybe yeah, we'll have to maybe, do a different one. Maybe we'll do a, a second one. Yeah. Um, okay, real fast. Maybe we'll do another one on this. We'll we'll wait to hear from our many, many scores, dozens, thousands of listeners. Wow. Yeah, I know. Just what do you do generally mm-hmm. in a in any kind of rhythm with your family or with individual kids to bring them up in discipline and instruction of the Lord to disciple them? Yeah. Um, one kind of one kind of baseline. So for, for us, at least. Uh, it generally starts when I get home, and, and normally after I get home, pretty soon after that is dinner. And so the the way we've begun, uh, I don't know how long we've been doing this, but the way right now what we do to kind of start to engage our kids' hearts is we do uh, highlights and lowlights. We always start with low and go to high, yeah. and just every kid gets a chance to say, man, here's here was the bummer of the day. And we try to draw that out. Why was that a bummer? What was going on there? And then what was the highlight of the day? What was going on there? And why was that so exciting? So it helps me get engaged with where their hearts are and how they, you know, how they perceived their day. Um, And so, and I I say that as part of, you know, this topic, because I think it's just important as we're, as we're doing things, we're always needing to adjust and shift. And so Kelly and I are just based on ages and circumstances. And so we're always trying to find ways to, how do we get into our kids' hearts regularly? Yeah. So that's one thing. Um, You know, we just got a bunch of different ages right now. You know, my older two kids, there's a missionary book I'm regularly reading with them. Um, We're we're normally talking about an actual passage of the Bible for a few minutes. So – I might, I might have them, like I might have Iris read Acts 8, you know, yeah. to Stone and say, hey, you guys read that. And then while they're doing that, maybe I'm hanging with Apollos and Quinn and I'm reading a little bit more age-appropriate Bible for them mm. and letting, you know, here's the story and we're just, we're just working through different ones sure. and talking. And then uh, we'll pray together. Um, some, some nights we'll do something else like a theology is one that we've been doing some. Is that a book? Yeah, it's a book. Um, theology. Theology. It's like a systematic theology for kids, uh, and they like that, and it's really accessible and helpful. Sometimes we'll add, um, we're, you know, we're, we re- we like to read through fiction that also kind of reinforces just a biblical worldview and uh, following Jesus. 
And so we're doing some Bible, some some memorization, some story, some, you know, nations. uh, And then we're we're praying. And uh, we pray before bed, and we're often praying for, you know, praying in concentric circles. And I think that that's kind of how we've modeled it, and I think that's just what our kids do now because they've just heard it modeled. So for each other, for family stuff going on, and then kind of extended family, and then church, and then kind of neighbors. And then, you know, typically uh, we pray for uh, the nations that we read about in that missionary book right after we read it just so it's fresh on their minds. So we kind of do that concentric circle prayer time together. Um, and then, and then once in a while, um, you know, we'll take a song request or two and we'll sing together and mm-hmm. it could be, uh, you know, it could be a good old fashioned hymn or it could be, you know, Stoney's like, man, I want to sing promises by Maverick city. And, you know, we'll pull it up on, we'll put up on YouTube and we'll sing that together or something. So, mm-hmm. uh, it varies some, but those are some of the, the ingredients that are going on. That's pretty cool. What about you guys? Um, and that and I should you know that sounds like a lot. Uh, most of the time, everything we're doing is fifteen minutes. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. yeah. Maybe sometimes sometimes longer. You know, sometimes you get those moments where you're like, oh wow, we're really getting into it here, and it's sweet. But mo- most of the time, that's that's a fifteen twenty minute routine. So before you ask me what we do, uh, do you think there's enough here to talk for a second episode? Because this is all, we're at twenty six minutes. Yeah, I do. All right. Well, you can just lay it out with that one next time. Awesome. Thanks for joining me today, Dave. (laughs) Thank you for having me. (laughs) 